No. Hey, everybody. It's another conversation, another Three Geeks conversation with Justin. And we have Togo with us. Togo Ultra Rock, which I think is the best last name in the rock business. I think it's <laughs> sweet. How are you doing? As you drink. Sorry. I'm good. I'm actually, uh, um, this year, I'm actually legally changing it on my driver's license. Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so I, I, I listened to Creepy Wonderwall before the, the I loved it. That's it a lot of fun. That's a, I mean, it's a little bit darker, but it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. No, it's, uh, <clears throat> it, it sort of came about uh, a couple of years ago. We're touring, and uh, my guitar player at the time, Johnny Santoro, he, uh, <clears throat> he came up with this whole symphony, you know, because it's really, it's it's kind of like a rock, slowed down rock symphony version, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, you got to let me sing that, you know, so we jumped in the studio, added like, I think there's like 90 tracks of vocals there, and then, um, you know, because we noticed, we, we played it live, and people always have these like, really strong reactions, you know, we played yeah. this place in London, and, uh, you know, they saw these like, you know, like, purple-haired U.S. guys with makeup come in and uh, whatever, you know, like the whole room cleared, so everyone went to the pub thing. We just kept playing. And we played that song. Halfway through the song, the whole club had come That's in. Awesome. You know, especially because it's, you know, it's the U.K. and Oasis yeah. and all that stuff, so yeah. That's awesome. I, have you been able to travel a lot? I mean, with COVID, is it, have you traveled recently, or is this more of just a little bit in the past? Did I catch um, I have, yeah, no, I have traveled fairly recently, you know, yeah. I got, I got sick about a month ago, finally, <laughs> finally well now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it created from a guitar player and your bands. How long have you been a band? How long has it been, how long has it been a group? I mean, uh, it's not really a group, you know, it's me, it's Togo Ultra yeah, Rock, yeah. and then, uh, you know, when I go on tour or when I'm in, you know, like gig mode, I have a, uh, um, uh, a backing band. Now, I had a, a regular backing band when I lived in Minnesota, and then I moved out here a couple of years ago, and then COVID hit, you mm -hmm. know, so we're just coming back into the live thing again, so now I'm focusing on dropping this single, uh, and then I'm going to drop another one probably in a few months, and then focusing okay. on uh, hiring a, a local a backing band here. That's awesome. Is, is there a music video? Like any thoughts to that for this or nothing yet? Yeah, you know what? Um, there will be a music video for it. Um, I just uh, <laughs> I, I just got a little unlucky because we were about to shoot it, yeah. uh, and then you know the guy who was supposed to do it, he had to go out of town and then I had to fly to Minneapolis and so it didn't work out. So now I got to find another director because we have everything, the script, everything ready. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. So, um, oh, oh, forgive me. So, I'm, I'm trying to think. So, you have another single coming out. Is there going to be an album? Like, are you think, thinking about an album or just singles at the moment? Yeah, just um, just singles. You know, as an independent artist, uh, it's not. You know, one of the. You know. I, I do a bunch of different things. You know, yeah. I run my own internet marketing company, you know, uh, and so I've become really good at marketing. One of the things that I learned, uh, you know, from working with a lot of other people in the industry is unless you're super famous, unless you're established on a major label, uh, releasing an album doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, because okay. as, an, as an independent artist, you know, um, you have to push each single. And in today's society, you know, uh, people's attention span is really, really short. So if you release an album, maybe you'll get two out of it. But, you know, you may have five songs you want to promote on that album. So if you do it single by single, um, you're newsworthy over and over again. 
So that's a good point. Now, how long is there a science between how long you wait then? Uh, maybe think about it. like how long before you push the next single then? What's, um, your, what's your marker for that? Uh, the marker is how well you do with your last promo, you know, okay. like, so, um, you know, um, so I have, uh, you know, I have uh, um, Eileen, the team, you know, my PR team yeah, working yeah. for me now and I got someone else doing it uh, and then we'll see, you know, so far this song is really taking on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really getting a lot of traction. So, you know, hopefully it'll go better and better and better and, and it'll turn into something. But yeah, you know, that, that cycle ends when it starts tapering off. Uh, you know, as far as the, when the views and the interest and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, I was looking. I was looking at your kind of your back catalog, and I was watching uh, your Cannonball music video, and it, that was a lot of fun. That seemed like a lot of fun to shoot, right? I mean, I have to imagine it was. It was yeah, it was a blast. It was. <laughs> it was really, really was a blast. And we lucked out with the. Uh, let me see if I can adjust my cam here a little bit. Um, the very last shot. You know, when I'm running and it's like raining, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm embracing the girl. It, we were super, super lucky because it, uh, we had about an hour left of the shoot and all of a sudden it started raining like crazy. <laughs> so we're like, okay, shoot right now. <laughs> but no, it was a blast. It was really fun. That's awesome. I, yeah, I noticed we, in there, are you are you a big anime fan or are you a big like cartoon guy? I mean, there's pieces of that that are in that <laughs> video. Is that Was that you or more of our direction? Uh, no, that was me because I wrote yeah. I wrote the script um, for it. I love anime. The, the, I'm weird like that. Like I'm fascinated by anime as far as how it looks. Like you know, eighty percent of my t-shirts is anime, but I never watch the shows. I'm not into the shows. I don't know what my <laughs> deal like is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's like awesome. <laughs> and I was digging through uh, your Facebook and I saw you have a Lamborghini. So are you a big car guy or just enjoy a Lamborghini? No, I, um, I mean, it's a lifelong dream of mine to yeah. own one, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, I've had a long, you know, a, a strange trip uh, getting to where I am, you know, like I had a really popular band and we were on the verge of making it, you know, yeah. uh, a few years ago in LA and then I lost everything and then I ended up in Minnesota, I had to raise a kid by myself and I got mad and I'm like, you know what, because of this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reach all my dreams, you know? So I worked yeah. like crazy and uh, my, my little company kind of went viral, you know, and I've just been working ever since. So we were able to move to move back to LA, get the house of my dreams. And then finally, you know, <laughs> buy that Lamborghini. That's awesome. It looks really sweet. Yellow. It looks great. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's great, you know, but the thing is, though, like, I'm not one of those, like, check me out. I got a Lambo, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a very, very grateful guy yeah. you know uh and uh, i didn't come from money at all so like i really appreciate it and i love sharing it with people you know like if we go to gas stations or whatever you know i let people sit in it and take pictures that, that's like half the that's, fun of yeah, having a car like that time. you know yeah, it has to be a great yeah. time for sure so i guess we were kind of going backwards into it but what kind of got you into music what's the story of younger you getting into music um, I think it was, I think it was kind of born with it ever since I was yeah. four, you know, I was, I was singing when I was, I think when, when I was four, my mom, I grew up in Norway. She put me into something called musical kindergarten and it was like a pre preschool for, you know, for musically gifted kids. Um, and then after six months I got kicked out because <laughs> I, re I refused to follow the curriculum, uh, you know, um, and then, um, my sisters, you know, they, when I was like five, six, they would take piano lessons and stuff. Sure. And, and uh, I, you know, and anytime they practiced, I was annoyed because they made mistakes. And I go, no, no, this is how you do it. And I would show them how to do it, like using my ear, yeah. you know, so it's, it's always been in me. And then by the time I was like 12, I'm like, okay, I want to be a rock and roll guy. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
So you know the piano just by ear, or do you know a lot of different instruments? I know you sing a ton, right? Almost all your stuff is singing, but do you do a lot yeah. of different instruments? I mean, my main instrument is guitar, you know, and I yeah. haven't played piano in years. And I was, I never really developed it. Right. It's just, you know, yeah. going by ear and stuff like that. But no, it's it's piano. I mean, uh, guitar and vocals. That's like my main thing. Sweet, sweet. So Norway, huh? When did you uh, decide to make it across the ocean, I guess? When did you decide to... Oh, uh, that's uh, that was like in my teens, you know. Okay. I, uh, I, I uh, went to Guitar Institute in Hollywood. It's uh, it's the place where all the Norwegians and Swedes go when they when they go to music school. I mean, we all live on the same street on Sycamore Street, you know. That's funny. Are you able to get back and like kind of do concerts and stuff in Norway? Then you go to the hometown. Yeah, yeah. I've done I've done a bunch of concerts there. That's awesome. That's yeah. feel good. Like, look at yeah, that cool great. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's always a- great. <laughs> that's cool. So, um, can you spoil the next single? Do you have the name, anything like that, in mind? I can give you the name because I mean the <clears throat> everything is recorded, uh, it's mastered, it's pretty much ready to go. But you know, I, I want to do one at a time. Uh, sure. It's called "Into the Sky." Cool. And it, it's a very, it's 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 a good follow up to "Creepy Wonderwall" because it's also a very epic track. You know, sure. massive symphony orchestra, guitars. You know, and uh, almost like a Queen ish uh, feel to it. Very very big track. That's fun. That's man, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um so how was COVID for you? Was it was it I mean obviously it kind of impacted musically your ability to travel, I'm sure, but did it have any un, unforeseen side effects? Anything that kind of you want to talk about? Like me having it or just the whole period? Yeah, you having it, just the, the time frame. Like how did it impact you musically, maybe as an artist, as an entrepreneur, as you said, with your company? <laughs> Um, I mean, as an entrepreneur, it impacted me in a really good way, um, you know, because uh, when people can't be in the real world, they go online. And that's where, you know, that's where that business is. So, you know, it was it was a good time for me there. Uh, I think as an artist, I grew a lot, too, because it gave me a lot of introspection and a lot of time to finish things like Creepy Wonderwall and all that stuff. So, you know, I I hated it just as much as everyone else. But I I also think I grew. And uh, I think most people agree that, you know, unless you're like really super super bitter you know most people admit that yeah you know what i i did some growing in this period you know sure sure and your move from minnesota to la how was that like how's i mean you've been in la for a while though right as a kid right as you went to the, the guitar school then you kind of jumped around a little bit now you're back yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, oh, it was great because I mean, I I love living in Minnesota. You know, people are so nice there, and you know, I have a lot of friends there. You know, we go back there all the time. But you know, I missed LA, and uh, just coming back just for the climate. Oh my god, <laughs> the, the winters are significantly different. That's oh my god, yeah, no, like last winter. You know, even though I lived there before, it's like you never really get used to it. It's just you know, me and my me and my kid, we walk through the park every single day or night, and I'm just. You know, I never stop reveling. It's yeah. January at 9 p.m. and it's 65 <laughs> degrees, you know, when everyone else is freezing their ass off. It's So I love it. You know, and I love everything about this city. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just my it's my speed, you know, beach yeah. next door, you know. So uh, I imagine you've toured a bunch of different places. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite memory maybe of touring or anything that's super crazy? You want to talk um, we had a lot of fun in New York, uh, the whole yeah. band lived at our publicist house Eileen in, in Long Island uh, <laughs> and of course it was like oh my god it was literally like high school you know yeah. because like we were so 
close and then we got on each other's nerves so you know we almost broke up several times and <laughs> everyone got butt hurt and people would like walk out of the room and not come back for hours and swear that i'm fucking quitting the tour man i was just there you know when i look back at it now it's it's funny you know but it definitely yeah. it wasn't yeah. that funny then <laughs> <laughs> so memorable do you have a memorable venue then like a place you play i mean i watched some of your previous like uh you're live from norway so i knew you would went back i didn't know you were from norway but i knew you'd been there but like the the clubs and stuff seem like a lot of fun do you have a favorite do you have um, a, um the norwegian show was definitely uh, my favorite because it was pretty packed there you know because yeah. that was like home home ground for yeah. me you know yeah. um but uh i mean london was fun too but you know the the audience they didn't know us and it's like when you're an independent band and you travel to clubs unless you have a big promoter you know but yeah. uh we had fun though. We, we, you know, we know how to have fun. We like drinking, and, <laughs> you know, we packed it full of good memories. <laughs> did, did you travel with other bands? Like, I know sometimes that's a thing where other bands kind of go with you and we kind of maybe draw more people than would normally have seen it. Or was it just your individual band? Yeah, right. no, this, this is just my individual band. I, uh, I was itching to, uh, to play in Norway. So I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I told my publicist, I said, uh, dude, get us, get us other places. So she got us on the East coast and London and all that stuff, but it was whipped up last minute. So, okay. you know, yeah, no one knew us. <laughs> <laughs> are there, um, so are there future tours planned? Anything in mind, anything cultivating for you? Um, I don't have anything planned. Um, yeah. Right now, I'm putting all my focus, you know, on promotion uh, of this single <clears throat> and building the audience. Um, I don't think I want to do it the way that I did it last time. You know, I have a lot of buddies and they, they're in bands, you know, and they go to the UK and this and that and they play a bunch of places. And, you know, they, <clears throat> they have a decent following, but they live like beggars, you know, they can barely afford anything and then yeah. travel across the globe, you know, and it's very uncomfortable and it, and it doesn't really get them any further. Maybe they gain, yeah. you know, like 10 fans each gig. Um, online is way, way more powerful. And I've learned that as an internet marketer. So, you know, I'm really focusing on, on an online presence, um, you know, because if you look at the majority of artists who've made it the last five to 10 years, most of them made it because of what, what was happening online. And they have, you know, yeah. in order to, in order to become a success today, it's not just enough to have talent. You really have to be a good marketer. You know, a guy like um, Justin Bieber, not that I'm a fan of him at all, uh, <laughs> you know, successful though. super successful. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, if it wasn't for YouTube and, you know, him promoting himself when he was 13 years old and really, really putting out, constant yeah. new content people people loving his voice and never would have happened you know and there's countless stories like that of bands that are big now they were just relentless online you know and uh, and i think a lot of people a lot of musicians don't understand that a lot of them complain like oh it sucks the music industry is dead you don't make any money with record sales i look at it the opposite way this you, we live in in a time where you have an unprecedented opportunity as an independent musician to actually make it to create your own cult following and to blow it up and make a really great living from it you know yeah i mean yeah totally agree so what online are you doing to differentiate yourself is it twitch is it more youtube is it like all the different platforms like what are you doing i'm curious i focus mostly on instagram okay uh, yeah um and uh um then, like I said, I've hired, you know, I've, I've hired a couple of teams to work outside of Instagram to, you know, to pull the, the rest of the web together. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of TikTok, even though uh, uh, 
this agent that I'm working with right now is trying to talk me into TikTok, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. but uh, no, my, my main focus has been around Instagram. I find that, no, obviously I have a Facebook presence and all right. that stuff, right. but it's yeah. just not as happening. And I find that if you really focus your efforts on one platform, um, it works a lot more powerfully and, and, and a lot faster than if you spread it, you know? Gotcha. So, so what would you suggest to an up and coming artist like yourself to that? Is it just focus on a platform, regardless of platform, and just say, <laughs> "Hey, try to do figure this out this way." Yeah, I mean. I think these days most people do best on Instagram, most artists. Uh, but I know that there's some some that really do well on Facebook too. You know, so whatever whatever you're doing, you know. But more important, well, not more important, but just as important is to stick to your guns. You know, because there's a lot of people who still um, they do the the whole sellout thing where. I'm going to write songs because I think this is going to be on the radio. I'm going to look a certain way because people don't look like that or they don't, ex you know, like, and I, yeah. for a long, for a long time, I did the same thing too. I tried to fit the mold, you know, mm -hmm. but it never works. Uh, what I've noticed is like when you really are yourself, when you're being authentic in the way you look and the way you talk and your messages, people respond, your following starts growing. They love you, you know, especially when you're vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. so no, my, my, <laughs> that's my message to anyone who's independent out there. Just be yourself, be proud and just let it all hang out right there. Because if you look at anyone um, who has ever made it in this business, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, on and on and on and on, you know, and I've watched documentaries of all of them and read up on, 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 on the things behind the music and they all have one thing in common. They didn't give a flying fuck <laughs> what other people thought about their music. I heard, I recently watched a, a thing with Paul McCartney and he said yeah. they thought there was no way that this song was going to be a hit and that it turned out to be one of their biggest hits. When you write for yourself, that's when the magic happens. You forget about radio, you forget, forget about everything else. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm curious, you, you bring up something else, writing. So what's your writing process? What's your thought process when you're writing a song? What inspirations do you draw from? Um, you know, I don't have anything in particular. Yeah. A lot of times I will hear a song on the radio okay. and I go, oh, shit, I wish I would have written that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then some, then I will, sometimes I will take that idea and I go, what can I do with this to take it further? You know? And I think everyone does that. I know, I know a queen admitted they did it. Uh, <laughs> Beatles admitted they did it. Bon Jovi admitted he, he did it. You know, and sometimes you can hear it. Sometimes you hear a song and you go, oh, no, no, that's shameless. You know, yeah. that's a lot of times, you know, and, and it doesn't, I, I don't discriminate. Uh, one song was based on a Miley Cyrus song. I can't even remember which one, one of my songs it was. Yeah. Another one, um, I guess I, I guess I can say this now. Um, the reason Cannonball came about is because I think uh, I heard a Kelly Clarkson song. I can't, I can't even remember. It was either since you've been gone or uh, my life would suck without you. Um, and I heard the intro and I go, Oh shit. And then I heard the melody. It's like, how can I make this my own? And then I wrote Cannonball. And you know, when you do that successfully, no one compares you, but it still has that thing where like, Oh yeah, this is, this is nice to listen to. That's incredible. That's really sweet. So, um, I think so. It's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, anything around creepy Wonderwall that really like really drew you to that? Like, because it seemed more dark and epic, like you said. What really drew you to that? Because it, it's it's the sound is so much different than what I was anticipating. I really liked it. <laughs> 
Um, well, you know, my, my buddy Johnny, he also works with someone else. And, and what they do is they have a bunch of old songs, like 80s and 90s songs. Yeah. Um, and they slow them down and they give them that slow thing and then they build a whole thing. And then a lot of those things have been in movies. And so he played me a couple of those. You know, like a, a Tom Petty song, you know, where it just sounds like yeah. dramatically different and people's eyebrows brows fly up. And that's how it started. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Play me more. Play me more. And then and then he started playing me the ideas for, for Wonderwall. And I'll go, oh, will you let me please do this with you? You know, and then yeah. that's, that's how the whole thing came about. And I think that's why people have such strong reactions to the song, too, because it's so unexpected. You know, yeah. half the time they're, they're 30 seconds in before they even realize that, oh, crap, this is Wonderwall, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you anticipating Oasis reaching out to me and like, hey, we like what you do? <laughs> Crossing fingers. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. I'm not anticipating that at all. <laughs> but it would be great. You kind of have a Seth Rogen laugh. Uh, I've heard that before. I've heard that yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now we're trying to change it so he doesn't sound like that. It's been a lot of fun talking with you, Togo. So where can people find you? Where can, where's all the different places? I know you're a marketing genius, right? Got your own thing. Where can everybody find it? Instagram, obviously. What's your Instagram? Yeah, it's uh, everything is at Togo Ultra Rock. Okay. Yeah, so you can either go to Instagram and and uh, and follow me there, or if you just Google me, Togo Togo Ultra Rock, you know everything pulls up. You know my singles and my social media and all that stuff. Yeah, that's very true. You were very easy to find on the internet, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me find out more about this guy. It was very very easy. It'd be it'd be worse if my name was like Joe Smith or something. Togo Ultra Rock is slightly more unique. <laughs> well, I couldn't get over Ultra Rock. By the way, I was just like, Ultra Rock's so fun. Like it doesn't matter, like whatever it is. But uh, no, it's yeah, been great. Yeah, I'm, I'm committed. I even tattooed my uh, my my logo on my arm. That's awesome, man. <laughs> How long have you had that on there? Uh, this was right before the 2017 tour. You know, fun fun fact in the um, in the Cannonball video. You know, right. there's a, there's a sequence where I'm getting a tattoo. You know, because I'm supposed to be obsessed with this girl, and I get the you know I get the tattoo yeah. that that she has there. But you also, when I sing, you see me sing, and you see this tattoo. However, that was a fake one. Oh, because okay. I didn't because uh, and the tattoo artist you see in the video, that's the same guy who gave it to me, but he couldn't do me before the video because it would have been all red and yeah, inflamed. Yeah. So so I ordered temporary ones. So the one you see in the video is fake. And then the day after I got that one, <laughs> I mean, it just right the right spot of the arm. So if someone gives you some lip, you can just like, yeah, <laughs> you can have them meet your brand. <laughs> right. And, I, and the funny thing is, I thought he put it put it crooked first because when i hold it hold it up but anytime like if i hold cinnamon here if i hold my microphone it like it's centered it centers per perfectly yeah. so it works yeah. out you know if i hold my cinnamon <laughs> yeah. you know, you know with you? do you yeah. know why i have this by the way i have no idea i have, have cinnamon i have cinnamon i have paprika i have <clears throat> okay are you so in your kitchen no, well, yeah, <laughs> I, well, the kitchen is ahead of me, and then you know my living room is behind me. Um, but you know, I got COVID like a month, a month and a half ago, and oh, one of the yeah. things is you lose your taste and smell. Yeah. And so, what I've been doing, I read up on the site. You, what you do is you retrain your taste buds by 
smelling this, even if you can't smell it and you smell it every day. And what it does, what it does is it, it uh, triggers your brain to start building a neural network that will then start producing the taste and, and smell cells that the, that the virus killed off. And it's actually working. I'm, I'm, I got about 25% of it back now. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That. That's awesome. Did you have some fun with it before you started retraining your taste buds? Like go into like a hot, hot, a spicy like restaurant and be like, give me the hottest thing you have. I, sh- I should have done that. I <laughs> <laughs> like, just drink it in front of them. Be like, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. But it's been wonderful talking with you so they can find you at everything. Uh, Togo ultra rock, right. At Togo ultra rock. Um, any last words, anything else you want to tell the audience Anything for you? I think you pretty much covered it all. We had a really fun conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. All right, well, thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, check Togo out. And uh, see you later, everybody. See, see ya. ya.